This episode of Talking Schmidt about film is kind of a mystery in and of itself. Three mystery reviews, two of which are currently in UK cinemas. It's going to be a fun one tonight. With that being said, in three, two, one, it's 7pm, it's Friday night. This is Talking Schmidt about film. We are back live. We're live. This is amazing. Hello and welcome to Talking Smith About Film, the flagship podcast from ejacksmith.com, keeping you cr- keeping you sane during this weird quarantine time where we are two weeks away from the majority of UK cinemas reopening. My name's Jack Smith. It's an absolute delight to have you on a Friday evening when traditionally people would be going out to the pubs watching new movies or, let's be real, getting Chinese and sitting in for the evening. But that's not what we do here at thejacksmith.com. We give you the latest and greatest in short and concise film reviews for your delight and delectation. Now, of course, this podcast is about you. And by the way, Fermoxaville Grey. Game changer, this. Got it for my birthday last week. Oh, wow. Got a busy show ahead. Three mystery reviews and our little post-birthday unboxing show. We're not unboxing... Let's do this properly. We're not unboxing anything tonight. It's a metaphor. But, as with any Talking Smith about film, we have a myriad of ways for you to get involved... What kind of ways, you you ask? Well, take it away, live ad read. You can get involved in a variety of ways. You can use the hashtag TalkingSmith on Twitter. You can tweet me directly at TheJackSmith. We have Facebook and Instagram accounts. They are both at SmithOnFilm. Nice and easy one to remember there. You can go old school and email us podcast at TheJackSmith.com. But for our live viewers, to the right of my screen, if you are watching on desktop, is a function we call the live chat. I can see it here in the studio, so if you have any guesses about what we're going to review, any guesses about the box office in general, let us know. This is a live podcast. We want you to get involved. And so the fun begins. Let's get to our first review this Friday evening because we only have an hour with you tonight even though it's just me in the house and I've got access to the studio and everything but we want to get this done in an hour so our first review this week came out in February it came out in UK cinemas in February and when the first trailer for this movie dropped last year people were up in arms about the design of a certain character. It has been a very hotly demanded review in terms of people say, Jack, why have you not watched this film yet? Jack, why have you not watched this film yet? Well, the wait is over. So it's with pride that I get to say that our first mystery review this evening is the following. This is the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm Sonic, a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers. 
so I came to yours. It gets a little lonely, but that's okay. I am living my best life on Earth. Ow! At the plate, Sonic! At the Pitcher's Mound, also Sonic! Ugh, I can't with that guy. Uh-oh. Uh... Ah! Why are you hiding out in my garage? They're coming for me! If they steal my power, they could conquer the universe. You have to help me. No, I don't. Please, it's life or death. Good morning, my rural chum. Mr. Dr. Robotnik. I'm going to give you five seconds to tell me where it is. Wait, don't hurt him! Ah! Road trip! This can't be happening to me. Oh my god, stop the car right now! What? The world's largest rubber band ball? We gotta see it! No, this is not some fun family road trip. Eh, you're right. It was lame. Gift shop was cool, though. Whatever this creature is, I'm going to uncover the source of its power. Yeah, hey! I just thought you might like a latte with steamed Austrian goat milk. Of course I want a latte. I love the way you make them! We gotta lay low. Let me show you how it's done. So should we get out of here? Yeah, time to go. I always want to do this. Nailed it! Uh-oh. Let's go! Here comes the boom! How are you not dead? I have no idea! Oh! Give me a big fat Illegal left, by the way. Oh, this one is cute. Let's keep him. Oh, come on! You've got car insurance, right? Why would you throw your life away for this silly little alien? Good time. He's my friend. Let's go! This is my power. And I'm using it to protect my friends. So, you're supposed to be Tom's best friend that he won't shut up about. Well, I don't see the appeal. That is very gross. Let's go. Damn, it feels good to be talking about a movie that came out in cinemas this year. After discovering a small blue fast hedgehog, a small town police officer must help him defeat an evil genius who wants to do experiments on it. This is... I'm not going to mince my words here. This is a video game to film adaptation that has been long awaited, long joked about, and at one point it looks like it looked like they were gonna really mess this movie up. Well, I'm very glad to report that they got the character right. They did him justice and hopefully the clip that you're about to see shows this. Now, knowing what the studios are like, this could get us blocked. So I'm i I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying if you lose the stream we are recording it locally, and this will be on podcast platforms later this evening. So bear with us as we play a clip of Sonic using his powers around, let's say, 40 minutes into the film in a Western bar. Here's a clip. Who do I get to beat up? Hey, has anybody seen my waitress? Still waiting on those buffalo wings. Why, you? 
Need I say any more? It is a, a a very nice little family movie, and it's been quite a few years in build-up to the release of this one. First, the announcement and subsequent dropping of the project by Sony, transferring the rights over to Paramount, of course. That trailer and the subsequent fan backlash. But now the film is out for the world to see. And it's also back in UK cinemas, because a lot of them got to play it last week. And I'm really glad it's back in cinemas because this is the one thing I have wanted to say from a video game to movie adaptation in years. This is actually a very good video game to movie adaptation. Oh yeah, I'm using Zoom for full dramatic effect. I never thought it would happen. I really didn't think it would ever happen but it has for a first time director it's Jeff Fowler who's in charge he's able to nail it he's created a very well paced one hour 39 minute movie that ticks all of the boxes and yes it may be very archetypical of the origin story but with that script from Pat Casey and Josh Miller uh, and enough pop culture references to satisfy every audience whether it be kids adults parents people who know the games people who don't know the games there is enough comedy and pop culture references in here to satisfy the six laugh test and that is brilliant you do not get movies that tick all the boxes like this very often behind the camera is Stephen F. Winden who well you sit in the trailer it's from a lot of the guys who make the Fast and Furious films and he does a very good job on this one he's, he's able to use the slow motion effects and really embody the the sonic characters and the way the film is shot. It's very free-flowing, it's very well thought out. Each shot has meaning, which is, again, very good. And on scoring duties is Tom Holkenborg, who once went by the name of Junkie XL. 
Cotton Fresh Science Flight there. Um, and he delivered the goods once again on this film because he did something as nerds absolutely loved. He integrated not only the Green Hill Zone theme into the main queue for the movie, but the opening logo, and you see the Sega logo come up, you hear the Sega st- sting done by a full orchestra and a full choir. That is the sort of nerdy goodness that I want to see in a movie like this. Because if you honour the roots of the game, you instantly get brownie points in my eyes. So let's talk about the cast. We'll start with the on-screen talent. James Marsden, Tika Sumter and many others are your on-screen talent here. And they all do a great job here. It's obvious that they had a lot of fun on set. But then you add Jim Carrey to the mix. It has been years since he was at his best doing the physical comedy that he is so good at and we loved so much in the Ace Ventura films. But to see him bring that to a modern Hollywood blockbuster for the first time in a very long time was genuinely so refreshing. Because again, local cinema's not open for me yet, so I had to watch a screener. But watching it here at base... I had a, a big, big old grin on my face for the whole film. And this is before we even mentioned Ben Schwartz, the voice of Sonic and the facial capture too. Add him to this mix as well. And you have a movie that's been jokingly touted to win Best Pictures at the Oscars next April. The chance of that happening are very slim, depending on how quickly they can get Tenet out. But this is a great family movie. Kids will love it. Fans of the games will be in their absolute element. This is damn good for a video game film. It gets the character right, it's faithful to the source material, the script is funny, which is good, and audiences of all ages, regardless of whether they've played the games or not, can enjoy 90 minutes, because the last 10 minutes are all end credits. They can enjoy 90 minutes of top-tier big-screen entertainment. How do we go about rating this thing? For our new viewers, because we have noticed there's been some new subscribers coming in lately. Here on Talking Smith about film, we don't use star ratings. We use a very flat scale devised during my time on the Rip Ticket show when I was at the university last year. We use a scale that is from the following. Not worth watching. Wait for DVD. Worth a watch. Should be watched. Go out and see it now. Or Masterpiece. This is a high-end, should-be-watched film. There we go. This is a high-end, should-be-watched film because it just gets the character right. You know what you're letting yourself in for. And let's be real, if the fans hadn't uh, cried foul uh, last year when the first trailer came out, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as good as as it is. This is a film that gets the culture, the source material, gets everything perfect. And I want to see more of it. They quite openly teased a sequel uh, in the, at the end of this film, so I can advise uh, stay back during the credits if you're a fan of the games. Although, let's be real, you have all seen the film by now, and I've been quite late to the game. So, that's our first mystery review done and out of the way. And this review will be live in text form in 45 minutes on ejacksmith.com. We've thought of everything here. So, it is now time for the Film News Rundown. And, well, there is a lot to talk about this week. And the headliner, well, surprise, surprise... 
is the fact that Tenet is finished. Korean movie boards have seen the film. We can confirm it is a two and a half hour Christopher Nolan film. The ratings are coming in. Are they going to hold to August 12th? We shall see. BBFC certificate incoming, apparently. We also got the sad news that Kelly Preston passed away at the age of 57. A real shame. A real shame. Absolutely great talent. John Travolta's wife. She will be missed. We also got the news that the New Mutants will be dropping a new teaser at Comic-Con at home in a couple of weeks' time. Is it for real this time? Is it going to get pushed back even more? Or is it going to hang around for the mid-August release slot that it's going to be touted with? We shall have to see. There's been a lot of movement in the festival scene as well. Sundance London, who use Picturehouse Central as their base, have announced that they will be going online only this year. On the same weekend, the festival would have been held at Picturehouse Central. Uh, Gets more people watching the films, which is great, but it's not the same doing it in a cinema. And I know that because I did a whole marathon last week, not within view. Telluride also got cancelled altogether. So... End of the year is going to be interesting in terms of the awards race. Universal also did some shifting about as well. Halloween Kills got moved a full year. They moved so many films it's impossible to name all of them in a short and concise film news segment like this. But in production news, we do have some positives. The Uncharted movie, based on the PlayStation games of the same name, has begun filming. Tom Holland confirmed that on his Instagram feed earlier in the week. It's good to see that the movie is in production after years of development hell. It's taken him a little while. Will it be out in time for the PS5? Well, it won't be out in time for PS5, will it? That's going to be out at Christmas. But we shall see whether the movie is good. But we have a cracking and finally story this week. And <laughs> I can't believe I've got to say these words. Henry Cavill has put new meaning to the words nerd porn this week. Yesterday he posted footage on Instagram of himself building a kick-ass gaming PC and he broke the internet in the process. It's insane. It is literally insane. As you can tell, it's been quite a quiet news week. And with that, that was your film news rundown. I thank you. And you know what? This is this is why I love having the podcast channel, which we're going to rename the highlights channel because the podcasts live here on the mainly Jack Smith YouTube now. But I film my reaction to the Henry Cavill, uh, the Henry Cavill Instagram video, so. I don't get to say these words lightly. We're going to show you some pornographic content of the nerd kind. So if you are into PC building, gird your loins. Because here's how I reacted to uh, the Cavill PC Master Race tape. Right, so Henry Cavill's been at it again, and you've just heard me talk about it in the film news rundown. This bit's pre-recorded, by the way. Naturally, I have to react to it. This could either go very well, or it could go horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Let's do it. Oh. 
Nobody but you. Oh, he's in something with his mobile. That's a. Uh, that's not a G crosshair. No, that's not a G crosshair. He knows his stuff. Yep, instructions. Oh, he's gone for a Ryzen. Beast of a price. Ah. Oh, oh, the yeah, A's doing this properly. Oh, is he doing this? Yes, yes. Whoa! How can he make putting in a processor look so seductive? NZXT Kraken, CPU cooling block, water cooling a little bit. Bit overkill, but he is the Witcher. What do you expect? In she goes. Oh, yep, Larry, yep, he's doing it himself. Oh, he's all cooking about Fraxel design case. He did his research, didn't he? Come on, Cavill, I want to know your RAM. I want to know your RAM next. Tried to make this as entertaining as a counter podcast, listeners. Oh, he's true, to get his radiator in. Oh! That's a daring angle. This Barry White music just makes it. <laughs> oh, I don't know what fans are. Oh, power supply, that is. Yeah, that's a C-Sonic. 1,000 watts. Looks like he wants to do some 4K gaming on this bad boy. Yep, Ram's in. He's all those two eights or two sixteens. Looks to be two sixteens. Supposed to two gigs of Ram. Full day to build this. All <laughs> oh, graphics card is that? Yeah, that's an RTX. That's not a G- RTX. RTX Strix GTI. Yeah. If he's becoming a bit more like Brie Larson and starting his own YouTube channel, I wouldn't be surprised because this looks like a beast rig to game and edit on, actually. I want to talk as much as possible so we don't get flagged for the music. Totally just ran out of hard drive space. <laughs> Relatable. Oh, finished rig. Power supply on. PC on. Oh, RGB. Wait, wait, wait. That, that CPU block's on upside down. It's on upside down. Oh, BIOS. He's gonna overclock this this thing. Oh, well, what the what was that? <laughs> How's he? Yep, he's realised. He's realised. I feel like I've gone full Ian Lee here. Our numbers upside down. Yay! One day he's had some gaming. <laughs> yep, he's he's one of us. The look of resentment on his face. Wow, that's a big screwdriver. Tyson, you sex tape. 
Got to rip the whole thing apart. Just to flip a monitor, which I'm reliably informed you can rotate round on its own free will. Oh, thermal paste. Oh. This music, man. So he's wiping the thermal paste off. Came on the processor. Gonna put a new batch of paste on. I don't know what paste he's using. There it goes. Slabber it on, Cavill. And put your CPU black block back on. My hands just won't keep still. <laughs> right, this should be the finished rig now. Yeah. That's a good rig, that. That's a good... That's a good rig. The end, or more realistically, just the beginning. <laughs> well, that was my reaction um, to... Well, that's not my rig, that's Henry Cavill's rig. Um... But yeah, that was the Instagram video that, that broke the internet yesterday. Now, let's get back on with the rest of this week's Talking Smith About Film podcast. Our second review this week is a movie that came out in mid-February here in the UK. And it's one that's going to be in the history books for a variety of reasons. It was the last number one before the lockdown. And it was the first number one after the lockdown. This is the trailer for Disney and Pixar's Onward. Happy birthday, Mr. Adult Man! Oh, Mom! Black and gross! What was Dad like? His beard was scratchy, he had a goofy laugh. I wish I'd met him. I have something for you from your dad. It's a wizard staff! I wrote this spell so I could see for myself who my boys grew up to be. This spell brings him back. Back like back to life? She wanted to meet you more than anything. Holy tooth of Zadar! How did you... I don't know! It just started! Hang on! Dad? Don't ah, top part! Dad! You are in your house! Oh, oh boy! Oh. We've only got 24 hours to bring back the rest of Dad. We're going on a quest! All quests start with the Manticore, the fearless adventurer. You mean Corey? She's over there. Quick, somebody help me. These Griffin Nuggets were supposed to go out minutes ago. That's the Manticore? You guys are in trouble big time. Get in the vehicle. I'm escorting you home. I'm giving you to the count of three. Uh, okay. Wait, what are you doing? I don't know. Oh, I'm looking for my sons. Oh, they went on a quest. But don't worry, I told them about the map, I told them about the gym, I told them about the curse. <sighs> I forgot to tell them about the curse! The what? <sighs> Your boys are in grave danger! Hold on! <laughs> How are your boys doing a crisis? Oh no! We're dead, we're dead, we're dead! Not great! <sighs> I can't do it! We're not gonna see you, Dad. You can do this. I believe in you. 
knows where to go, don't you, boy? Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm on my way, boys. Just stay out of trouble. I don't know how I feel about this film. I really don't. Two elven brothers embark on a quest to bring their father back for one day. I don't know whether I'm going to rant about this movie or not. My mind is that torn about it. So I'm going to have a sip of Earl Grey and I'm going to play this clip out. Here we go. Focus. Uh... Something wrong? Sorry, it's just your stance is, uh... Here, chin up, elbows out, feet apart, back, slightly arched. Okay, how's that feel? Great! Oh, one more thing. Barley! Okay, okay. Magnora, get you on! Don't let the magic spook you. Okay. Elbows! What? Elbows up. No, 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 it's too high. That's too high. I'm trying to focus here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus, focus on the can. Focus. Focus. Holy! Ah, forget it! It worked! The can is huge! And the band is huge! And you're... Oh, no. Yeah, it's Pixar being Pixar. On March 16, 2020, this film was crowned the UK box office number one for its second week. This what do we know what would happen at the Downing Street Daily Press briefing that afternoon and subsequent closure of UK cinemas. 16 weeks later, it reclaimed that throne as the first couple of sites reopened. But does Pixar still have the same pulling power as they did in their glory days? Then next new property following on from 2017's Coke, and obviously they've got Soul coming out later this year as well. I feel so ashamed to say this, but Pixar have lost their Midas touch. It just didn't work for me. The charm just isn't there anymore. Now, Dan Scanlon is the director on this one-hour, 42-minute film, and while he does a good job, there's a sense of a written-by-committee feel. So he co-wrote it with Jason Ledley and Keith Burnin. Now, there are moments where the influences are very clear, especially with the obvious links to D&D, which a lot of people have been getting into during the lockdown. But there are also moments that are so archetypical of a Pixar movie that they've... I hate, I, I hate saying stuff like this about Pixar films. They've almost become boring now. You just know the sort of morality that they try to explore in a Pixar film. It's getting a bit cliché and... and Passé nowadays. But there, it is animated very well. I will give them that. It is animated very well. And as is tradition, uh, the score from Jeff and Michael Dana does the job. But the cast is the saving grace. You have a proven duo leading the gang, and you heard them in the clip. You've got MCU stalwarts Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, and they're able to continue their great run of work together on this film, using their unique dynamic to make 
these two characters, these two brothers feel fleshed out and believable. You you want them to get their dad back for the day. You want them to get all the spells done and get all the, the mythical quests done in time. It is a film that literally embodies the hero's journey uh, that we talked about in the last journal uh, to a T. And you've also got a cracking group of sporting talents as well. You didn't hear him in the clip, but you heard him in the trailer. Julie Louise Dreyfus, Octavia Spencer, Tracy Ullman. The obligatory Pixar part for um, the one and only John Ratzenberger and many others. But unfortunately, compared to other franchise-opening Pixar films, this one feels a little flat. That's a shame. They've got some good ideas. They've got some bold plans for the future. Now we've got Blaster's gone, but their execution needs to be worked on a little bit more. I, I mean, I'm like one of the biggest Pixar fans around. The Toy Story films were brilliant. Monsters, Inc. and Monster University were fantastic. But since, since Inside Out, their standard hasn't been the same. Since The Good Dinosaur came out in 2015, the standard just hasn't been the same. It, it feels like we could be at an interesting time for the studio in Emeryville as we wind down beloved franchises to focus on his new IP. Yes, Onward is good, but it's not their finest work. These new films could either hit them hard or make the industry great as they once were. But at the end of the day, this feels like a simple rehash of Monsters, Inc., but without a Dungeons & Dragons. I can only really give this film a worth a watch. Because it, it's good, but some audiences will have their issues with it, and it does feel a little overly long. If you if you can get a film done in 90 minutes, get it done in 90 minutes. But aside from that, that's literally the only issue I have. It's the fact that it's 1 hour 42. If they could get it down to 90 minutes dead, it'll be, it'll be bang on, but no, they can't. At least I didn't get to see the Urga Simpson short film before uh, before it came out. But I did mention in that review that Onward was the UK box office number one last week when the cinemas reopened. This is a moment I've been looking forward to for about 18 weeks. Since we moved Talking Smith About Film to a live stream podcast every week, I've never had the chance to do this uh, on a live... I've not done this on a live show... Since May of last year, it is time to talk about the UK and Ireland box office. Uh, and as ever, here on Talking Smith Bet Film, we do it properly. We do the full top 15. And so without any further ado, let's get on with it. 15th place this week was The Dark Knight. Played 625 cinemas. It did £8,755 this week. Is up to £49 million for Warner. Good to see Christopher Nogan movies doing well. Obviously, as we get news on Tenor, we'll let you guys know uh, what the plan is on that front. But The Dark Knight is still doing very well. At 14th place is Jumanji The Next Level, which we will get reviewed at, at some point soon. We're not reviewing it tonight. But we will be getting Jumanji the next level done at some point. It did £8,892 this week. It's its 31st week in the UK, so I suppose it's had a good run since Christmas. It's up to £36.7 million for Sony now. Into 13th place, and I never thought I'd say this on a podcast, the Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is back in UK cinemas. It did t- a little over ten grand in UK cinemas this week. It's up to 27000 overall from the reopen uh, on July the 4th. At 12th, we've reviewed it in the last half hour. Sonic the Hedgehog 
in its 22nd week in UK cinemas. It did a £10,721. Glad to seeing it do as... Glad to see it do as well as it has done. We're live, pal. Uh, glad to see it do as well as it has done. Uh, it's verging on £20 million now, which is really good news by any box office standard. I'm going to 11th place... Only the greatest film ever made. Back to the Future. 312 cinemas played it this weekend. £10,948, up to £1.2 million, uh, since it got reissued last by, by Universal. That is the bottom end of the top ten. But if you've followed my work from a certain radio show back in the day, you probably know what's coming next. It's time to talk about this week's top ten. And there's quite an eclectic range of entries this week. <laughs> At 10th place this week is The Greatest Showman. 133 weeks in UK cinemas, now it's up to £11,681 from UK cinemas. Did a nice £49.3 million overall. At 9th, back in the charts after 20 years for Harry Potter and Philosopher's Stone. £12,538 made from the UK cinemas this week, up to a nice round £65.6 million overall over its 20-year run in cinemas. That is very good going for Warner. At eight is the Shawshank Redemption, the 25th anniversary uh, reissue that they did last year. Uh, it is making £13,230 from the UK cinemas this week. It did at £37,836 overall, so good run there. At seven is Greece. Yes, the classic is back with Park Circus. 117 weeks in cinemas now. £14,416 made from the English side of things this week. It's up to 530000 overall. Very glad to see the classics bringing crowds back into the cinema. At six and five is a one-two for Lionsgate. Number six is Knives Air. It did £14,747 this week. It's up to £13.1 overall. Good to see Ryan Johnson's film do as well as it has. At five is Dirty Dancing. £15,134 made from the UK cinemas. I'm happy there. At four, it was a new entry last week. Trolls World Tour did £19,996 from UK cinemas. It's up to £64,000 overall. At three is a brand new entry. Blackwater Abyss from Altitude did £28,000 from UK cinemas. And at two, this is a big one, at two is Onward, which did £35,000, which means we have a new UK number one. 40 years after it came out for the first time. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back is your UK and, well, not Ireland yet, box office number one. It did £50,406 this week. As it currently stands, the box office totals are up weekend on weekend. More of you went to the cinemas, and while Odeon are currently operating weekends only, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we will get more venues back in the next couple of weeks. Now, the key dates to remember. This week, Scotland got the all clear to reopen. Wales will follow next week. And Ireland will reopen at the start of August. But two weeks today, two weeks today, View, Cineworld and Picture House throw open the doors for the first time since March. I know the first ten view sites that are going to open. I'm not allowed to say anything. But I know the first 10 view sites that will reopen. And surprise, surprise, Preston's not one of them. But it's 
Org systems go for resumption of business within the UK film industry. Uh, just in time for Tenet. Obviously, we've got Unhinged coming out in two weeks' time, which is the Russell Crowe film. Uh, but it feels good to be talking about box office stats again. So, it is 20 to 8 on this Friday evening. Let's get our third and final review done. And this one isn't in UK cinemas, but it did go on Netflix two weeks ago. I was first introduced to this film at university, a university in which I'll be returning to in a little over two months' time to begin a Masters, because, yes, it's actually happening this time. Um, but I seen this film at uni, fell in love with it, and I wanted to go bowling straight after. <sighs> if you're a dude, prepare to abide. This is a first-take classic, as we labelled it. This is the trailer. For the big Lebowski. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. You know uh, that, or uh, his dudeness, or uh, Duder, or uh, you know El Duderino. If you're not into the whole brevity thing. Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Ah! Employed. You like sex, Mr. Lebowski? Is this your only ID? Ah! You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude. Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. Jeff Lebowski, the other Lebowski, the millionaire. I received this ransom note this morning. This is a bummer, man. They want you to take the money and act his courier. Oh, man. What the hell is this? My dirty undies, dude. The whites. Let's take that hell. Why should we settle for 20 grand when we can keep the entire million? I know you're mixed up in all this. Playing one side against the other in bed with everybody. Blow them. Huh? Fabulous stuff. What? Who's sitting on a million dollars? We want some money. Ah, sitting in the trunk of our car. Where's my damn money? Say, dude, where is your car? Who's got your undies, Walter? This is a very complicated case, Maude. You know, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Is this your homework, Larry? And I would like my undies back. A lot of uh, strands to keep in my head, man. Oh, hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here, eh? I like your style, dude. I have no choice but to tell these bums to do whatever is necessary to recover their money from you. They were Nazis, dude? They were nihilists, man. They kept saying they believed in nothing. You figured, oh, here's a loser, you know, uh, a deadbeat. Well, aren't you? Well, yeah. You cannot drag this negative energy into the tournament. Jeffrey. Bond. Love me. Uh, that's my robe. I'm throwing rocks tonight. It don't matter to Jesus. <laughs> this could be a, a, a lot more uh, 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 complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know? Yes, I'm dressed like the dude for this review. I'll probably lose it after the clip. <sighs> this is an absolute classic of a film. And if you don't agree, well, yeah, that's just, like, your opinion, man. The Dude, Lebowski, mistaken for a millionaire. 
who's also called Jeffrey Lebowski, seeks retribution for his ruined rug and enlists his bowling buddies to help get it. <sighs> the Coen brothers can do no wrong, in my eyes. The Coen brothers are just know how to write a good, dark comedy. And, well, they do it so incredibly well on this film. <sighs> Goes... My university colleagues will be thinking, are you going to use the Jesus clip? Well, I'm not going to use the Jesus clip. But what I am going to use is this, this one. Here's a clip. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey. You were over the line. That's a foul. Bullshit. Market eight, dude. Uh, excuse me. Market zero. Next frame. Bullshit, Walter. Market eight, dude. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey, Walter, come on. It's just... Hey, man, it's Smokey, so his toe slipped over a little, you know? It's just a game, man. This is a league game. This determines who enters the next round robin. Am I wrong? Yeah, but I wasn't... Am I wrong? Yeah, but I wasn't over. Give me the marker, dude. I'm marking an eight. Smokey, my friend. You're entering a world of pain. Walter, man. You mark that frame an eight, you're entering a world of pain. I'm not... A world of pain. Look, dude, I... This is your partner. Has the whole world gone crazy? Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? Market zero. They're calling the cops, man. Put the piece away. Market zero. Walter, put the piece away. Walter? You think I'm fucking around here, market zero? All right, it's fucking zero. You happy, you crazy fuck? Game <sighs> this is not numb. This is bowling. Go rules. And yes, I might have shouted over the line at, at family members when we went bowling back in the day. It reminds me, bowling alley is back open on August 1st. Looking forward to getting my game back on. 1998 was a great year for film, and this is arguably one of the reasons why it's the Coen brothers made something that would become a cult classic. And my God, it certainly stood the test of time. Watching it back on Netflix, and it was on Sky Comedy a few weeks ago as well. Watching it back, it's just good to watch it again. The Coens inject their unique directing style into this film very well. There are very little issues to report on regarding the overall pacing and combined with the script uh, and everything else. This film's got humour, it's got plot development at its key point and every single scene in this movie has got a quotable moment of some sort, whether you've got uh, John Turturro as Jesus, you don't F with him, whether you've got over the line, whether you've got the Gussable scene where uh, the dude gets drugged and they end up making a porno. This film has got so many great moments that if you've never seen it before, where have you been for the last 22 years? This is a one hour 57 minute film and it doesn't feel like a one hour 57 minute film. It, it feels naturally right. Now, I sat along at a screening of this film with a few people who hadn't seen it back in 2017 and they fell in love with it, such is the timeless nature of this unique comedy. Uh, it's shot incredibly well by the one and only Roger Deakins. Deakey, he can do no wrong in my eyes. It was ahead of its time in a lot of regards and it just really popularised a, a lot of things. Performance-wise... John Goodman and Jeff Bridges are two super likeable leads, and when you got a supporting cast that includes Julianne Moore, Steve Buscemi, and others, 
this is a true ensemble piece. And I also have to mention, I forgot to mention him until now, Carter Burwell is on the scoring duties. But the thing that makes this film tick is the soundtrack. It was awesome mixtape before awesome mixtape was a thing. This is this is the age when movie soundtracks were sought after items on CD before the iTunes store existed, before Spotify existed. This was a film that really embodied the idea of good music, good plot, good film. But this has a lot of technical prowess. This is. It's a film that really does have the qualities of a cult classic. There are infinitely quotable lines, a brilliant plot, sequences which have been entertaining cinema audiences around the world, including in a commercial for Sonos, believe it or not. They use the Gusball sequence in an advert for one of their soundbars. I will probably put a link to it in the, uh, the link dump underneath. So check the description for the timestamps and, and the link dump. Always some good stuff in the description. Uh, but this film's been entertaining... Um, audience around the world and it's suited to dudes now I really want to go bowling again this is a film I really can't speak highly enough of so much so I'm going to extend this review out you've also got David Huddleston as the big Lebowski himself uh, not the dude but Jeffrey oh it's a brilliant Philip Seymour Hoffman Tara Reid Peter Samare this is a an incredible cast, and it has a spiritual sequel of sorts. The Jesus Rolls came out last year. I'm going to try and get that reviewed at some point uh, under the auspices of John Turturro as Jesus. And the fact that we have a spin-off film kind of gives away what rating we're going to give Big Lebowski, because it really is... A masterpiece. The Big Lebowski is a bona fide masterpiece. And I know I just blazed through that review, but it's a film that if I was to not shut up, I could be going on here for like two, three hours breaking it down shot by shot. But that's not what we want to do. We've got another 10 minutes or so left. So I've got no idea what I'm going to do with the last 10 minutes of this week's Talking Spit. What I am going to do put a big discussion bed on because there is an announcement of some sort I kind of mentioned it uh, before the box office but last week the people at UCLA came to me for the first time in a very long time this was originally meant to happen in April but Covid screwed us over in that regard but they came to me with an idea an idea for a little something, I'm going to lose the music here, called A Masters. And I'm thrilled to announce that I'm going to be going back to UCLan in September. September 21st, I'll be back on the UCLan campus. Hopefully, if pandemic hasn't sorted itself out by then. But I will be going back to UCLan later in the year. Which means... There's going to be a lot of change around here on the Jack Smith Ventures content. As I've been doing this podcast weekly during the lockdown, in the absence of a certain radio show, when I return to UCLAM, we'll be swapping Talking Smith about film for the Rip Ticket Show. 
We're in talks with Pulse Radio to bring it back. That's all I shall say. But there will be some changes as it's a Masters. We'll be able to tell you a little bit more in a few weeks' time because it's all embargoed to high heaven right now because a lot of it relates to Journal Series 3. In fact, this kind of gives you a bit of an idea as to um, the kind of things that we're going to be looking at because the research for this thing has begun. Two books about Preston's history been reading through over the last couple of days from the Harris because um, we're going to do something that I'm billing as the culmination of everything we've done over the last seven years on the blog, on the podcast, on the journal, here on YouTube, everything in general. But this is a project we want all of you lot watching to get involved in. So if you have anything about Preston's cinematic past, present and future, the bot's just posted my Twitter feed in the live chat. All the details being in the description, but... The Masters is go. The Masters is go. At long last. And you will not believe how relieved I am. I sent off the last bits of paperwork for it yesterday. And to be coming back to the uni and doing my thing is... um, It's really good. I've missed it. I've really missed it. But that is in September. We've still got quite quite a while off that yet. We will continue to be with you every week here on YouTube until then, uh, bringing you Talking Smith about film and doing all the usual goodness and entertaining you as we get more cinemas back online because I love doing it. Oh, there you are. The bot's done everything. It's put the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram out in one one fell swoop. We use... For, for the anoraks here, we're using a new version of OBS tonight. We're on Stream Elements, and I can see the live chat uh, in uh, my little desktop. Uh, it's docked next to the preview here. So I can see the live chat on the... On the I need to get myself a second monitor desperately. But we're on a new version of OBS tonight, which is explains all the technical issues that we had earlier uh, in terms of setup. But that is very nearly it for this week's Talking Smith About Film. I've gone basically 53 minutes non-stop talking. Perks of having a mug of Earl Grey, which I've nearly finished. Nearly finished the Earl Grey. Uh, All being well, we should be back next week, depending on the Xbox event. Um, Because a little bit of an insight, I've been doing a bit of gaming lately. I've been playing a lot of Borderlands with my friend Ed Greenberg. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, and we're, like half, we're, in, we're like halfway through Borderlands 2 at the minute, and oh, I'm hyped for the film. I'm hyped for the Borderlands film. I'm like really excited for the Borderlands film when it eventually comes out. Kate Blanchett is a good I'm not sure about that, but we'll see a little bit closer to the time where that will be a good piece of casting. But we're going to try and get a podcast ready for you. Um, Next week, uh, and importantly, Talking Smith About Film is moving to Fridays permanently. We're going to start edging Talking Smith closer back to its usual old school time as we get close to my return to radio. So before we go back to you, Glam, there will be a point where Talking Smith About Film will be one o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Because I've got to get back in the rip ticket shape. I've got a lot of radio ring rust I need to iron out before I'm before I get back. I mean, 
microphone arm, everything. I, I've got a lot of ring rush. I've got to iron out. But that was Talking Smith about film unboxing. We'll be back to a more regular service next week. But that is that. As we get ever close to the release of Tenet and Mulan, we'll be with you no matter what, bringing you the latest film news, box office information and reviews. But until next week, my name's been Jack Smith. You've heard me ramble on and on, talk nonsense about film for an hour. Until next Friday, we'll see you at the movies. Take it easy, everyone. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next Friday.